Well, hello there, and welcome to Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. We're so happy that you're here today. Ah, that's good, Joe. You did it! Congratulations! World's best cup of coffee. Great job, everybody. We're to fight against robots from another planet who want to wipe us out and take the Earth. If we succeed, there will not be any shield in the future. Something even worse could rise up. We can't disrupt the timeline. Hydra, Red Skull, Super Soldier Serum. Sounds like something out of the funny papers. You have no idea. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. GVN presents Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Today's binge. Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Welcome back to another episode of Kathy. Excuse me, I'm giving her top billing now. Well, <laughs> and so you should. Okay. So go ahead. All right, so let's do that. Okay, so Kathy and Martin's coffee binge. Uh, I have been usurped. Uh, I'm your host, Martin, and as always, I introduce my lovely wife, Kathy, who really does know her onions from Vidalia to white to yellow and all points in between. I do know those onions. And, so, and that, of course, would be my lovely wife, Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. And good morning to you, my darling angel. How are you feeling? I'm feeling pretty good for that three or four hour sleep I got. I, know. You know, I wasn't like somebody who had to lay around. Of course, you didn't really sleep, but we'll get into that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, just like we start every show, uh, I open the floor for my wife to talk about what she wants to talk about, and I believe sleep is one of those. Or yeah, like, oh, we should probably do that. Right. And talk about that today. Okay, so there you. As always, the floor is yours. Why? Thank you, sir. Um, well, I have not had any sleep lately, and sleep deprivation is causing me lots of difficulties. It's a real thing. It's not it, it really is. And I've had a lot on my mind, but not only that, but my son, who is our son, who is autistic, and... I've been given, I've been given property back. <laughs> yeah, he's his son. Uh, no, because he hasn't gone to sleep. But, of course, That's nothing is the same for him. He doesn't have the constant walking around that he does when he's at school, so I don't think he's as worn out. Um, and because of his, um, you know, we can't really take him anywhere because everything's kind of off limits and he has autism and we don't know if he has any underlying um, health conditions that we might not be aware of right now and I don't want to take the risk in putting him out there for him to get all the germs though I will say this that his hair was so long I thought he was one of the beetles so he had as soon as the um, uh, barber shops and beauty shops or whatever have um, opened up with the restrictions of only one person and there at a time and wearing, um, the mask. wearing the mask and all that. They, the, the, here's the big plus. He put the mask on, which I was shocked. He not only put it on, but he also kept it on for the entire. This entire was really haircut. the first time, other than the our little two minute trial, that he put the mask on because you know it wasn't leaving, so we. There was no need to wear the mask. And I was very, very, very surprised and shocked and thrilled that he kept it on the entire time. And he got a beautiful haircut. And boy, just just having his hair out of his eyes and that big mop off his head, 
made me feel better. I know it had to be making him feel better because it was 90 degrees yesterday and it was 85 today. So, so basically, one of us looks good. Yeah, because you still look like a, like you you got to go. You got to go. I don't know, but I can't we'll be able to keep the mask on. I'll, I'll all the whining and the crying that would happen normally for Jeffrey, I'm sure you will be happy. To help us and of course, that. the other problem is, is you won't let me go by myself because I well, never... because because you don't tell them to cut your hair, and then you come home and you look just like I you shouldn't have to tell them to cut my left. hair. It's the same woman that's been cutting my hair for it day one. Doesn't matter. She's... She says, "How do you want it?" And you go, "Oh, just a little, just take a little no, bit off." That's not what I said. I always tell, I always tell her, "Just do whatever you normally do." And it's oh, not my fault. She for some reason she doesn't do what she normally does when I, it's just me. I just don't feel like this is true, but that's okay. Because I know you don't like your hair short. Either. No, I, I had that back when uh, I was a kid, and my mother thought the best way to do a haircut was to just shave it, basically to just a, like a something that would take the lint off her couch. Yeah. And that way she figured, hey, if it was lice about, I can see those suckers, so oh it's fine. Oh my gosh, please stop with all but, that. I mean, all so right. once I actually had control of my hair, right, I stopped getting haircuts regularly. Well. And it's, it's still kind of the case, so I have less hair. Yeah, I don't know what the heck's going on. But anyway, we're going to get... I just keep thinking my husband's going to start going, Marty! <laughs> yeah, with the gray hair, the wild gray hair, yeah. Anyway, um, so, uh, and then there was something else I was going to discuss. Um, no, I'm not worried. Sleep deprivation and haircuts. and haircuts. But they were all good. And uh, every, so every, that part went well. Though, my problem is, is that I also could not get to sleep last night. And, uh, so my fantastic, wonderful husband allowed me to stay in bed until I rolled out of there and hit the floor. Right. So. That's my son didn't think that was an no, idea. No, he never does. Uh, he decided that I should wake up as soon as he did today. So, whatever. Anyway. But he so, was up relatively early for him. So that's pretty yeah, that good. He was, thank God. And maybe we'll get a little... Yeah, but he just took a two-hour nap. So. Oh, well, never mind then. That didn't really help out. All right, so... um. I digress, and now we need to get back to business here. Oh. So the business of Agents of Shield. Okay, yep. So we're in. We're up to episode two, which was Know Your Onions. So okay, so let's just we're going to do this a little different. Last time I did a recap, and my lovely wife has, and rightfully so, has mentioned that when I do a recap, especially for the podcast, that it's kind of eliminated a reason for anyone to want to watch it. Because so, you tell the whole story. Right. So and I do that. Basically, I do a recap on my articles for Geek Vibes Nation. So that should be sufficient. So we're, we're not going to do that this time. We're going to just kind of talk it out. Which I like better. Okay, so, so we're going to start. Okay, so we, matter of fact, we just watched again Know Your Onions. What, mm. were your, what, what are your impressions of the episodes? Well, it brings a lot of questions into my mind. First of all, a um, couple, three or four things. All right, first of all, I really want to know where Fitz is and who is he with. Is he with... That's Fitz? the same thing you said last week. I still want to know where he is. I want to know where he is. And he, is he with, is he with future Enoch? Is he with Hunter? Is he with uh, their child? We'll get into you that. You know, um, that uh, Gemma and his child because she don't seem to be worried about it right this minute, and she knows she's got to have a kid. Deke. Deke. So Deke's still there. I wanted to call him Zeke. No, Deke is still there, so we're assuming that 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 whole thing is still in play because if if they didn't have a they didn't have a child, he shouldn't be there. And then again, but then again, times that whole weird thing anyway, which again we'll get into. So now I don't. I want to find out why this, why the 
wave of I want to know why it's a wave of time that they're having to well, start I mean, well, I mean, and I want to know how they I realize they don't know how long the wave is but do they know where the wave's going well see and that's a, again those are things we're going to get into here in a bit but one thing that is for certain and what we'll find out is that apparently whatever mechanism the chronocoms are using is basically the same thing right that they're using and 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 why is that you know um so why is it uh well of course again yeah i'm not for certain because you know i thought that the the work that they did you know when once they got to enoch at the end of season six was separate from i mean that's the main reason they kind of separated themselves apart anyway because they wanted to make sure the chronicons didn't know what they were doing so i'm not sure exactly why it is that they apparently are using the unless enoch said okay we have to design this because we need to follow the chronicons so we have to have the same basically time of contrivance right 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 right. but again uh, we'll get into some of that okay so as far as the episode goes and i we you and i have discussed this previously but we're gonna do it again uh, I, I kind of broke this down as like the the best character performance of the episode. Okay, uh, before we get to the star of this uh, second episode, something I actually was meaning to ask you. The phrase, know your onions, were you familiar with it? Uh, no, not, not exactly. No, I said I've heard, heard, I think I had heard it from my mother once, but uh, I had to look it up. And what does it mean? Just basically, you know, it's basically like you're saying you know your stuff, that you're smart. Mm-hmm. I said, I didn't know what that meant. So I'm not sure exactly where it came from and what the reference is. I probably... Uh, the National Onion Institute. <laughs> promoting <Sorry>. onions everywhere. Yes. <laughs> okay. So, uh, like I said, uh, we're talking about kind of who like who was the star of this particular episode. Like I said, and I, I thought it was Patton Oswalt as Caney. Uh, like I said, he... Uh, he got to react to a whole, a, a whole lot of different things that he was being told, and we'll get into the whole question of why he's being told it, most of this stuff. Uh, but, of course, he's still from 1930, so he had certain opinions about women, and unfortunately they came out of his mouth, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, like I said, Daisy didn't think too highly of him last episode. And, of course, when uh, they had brought the woman in red who had gave Freddie the vial to make his delivery... And got shot. They brought him back, and he told her that Jim, like he said, the doctor was coming to take care of her. Right. So she starts to do get the bullet out of him on his bar. Right. So of course he's looking at it and said, you know, she's probably going to die because that dames. <laughs> and of course she, Gemma tells her, um, I'm a doctor, not a dame. Right. Which doctor, I, Doctor McCoy. Right. As I said, right. She was breaking into McCoyisms. Yeah. Too, because she also said the same thing when he. Uh, she was later on when she's going to do the research. And she said that she said she was a a biochemist, not yeah. a bird, because he said when she asked for ninety percent or ninety proof or above alcohol, he said, "I like how this bird sings." I'm not a I'm a biochemist, not a bird. Right. <laughs> said uh, so. She yeah, she was hitting with her uh, Dr. McCoyism. Yeah. But like I said, uh, also I also liked it when uh, later on when the Chronicons came a visiting and. Gemma had left the bullet sitting in that little shot glass. He went ahead and drank the whole the shot down right. along with the bullet. Right. That's one way to get the lead out. Or to get the lead in. Yeah. So <laughs> I was looking for a snare shot there. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. I'll, anyway. I'll give you one. <laughs> okay. So, uh, like I said, I thought uh, Patton Oswalt did a, a great job in this episode, and he had a lot to do. 
though again I thought they they spilled their guts to him an awful lot uh, mm -hmm. and I said we'll get to that um, also I thought uh, Gemma Elizabeth Henstridge had a good part in this yeah and uh, I, I know you discussed this a little bit and we've talked about a little bit about how uh, she and May are both acting a little bit strange. Well, you know, that, that's a fan theory with Gemma. So we're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, and I don't necessarily agree with that particular I, I don't either. I don't either because I think Gemma is also trying to concentrate on the well, on she's the got, job you know, at hand so she can get back to Fitz at, this, right. at and, some point. And at this point, because she has most of the knowledge of what's going on, she's got kind of a little out on her shoulders. So... Of course, like I said, I also kind of liked how, you know, you know, again, when she was doing the research on that, what, that little thing she found on the girl's foot, that she, she kind of, uh, professor from Gilligan's Island, it, just grabbing whatever she could find from the bar to mm -hmm. make a makeshift lab to figure out what it was. Uh, that was another thing with Koenig that I liked, is when she isolated the element and started going through the whole scientific jargon of how she did it, and Kane told her, okay, we just kind of cut to the chase. I'd like to open this present before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And I say, that was kind of, I figured, uh, kind of what most uh, dumbasses would have said to anybody who's going out real smart about what they're talking about. Yes, yes. Said, yep. And I think it's it's not the first time I'm pretty sure that her and Fitz have been told. As a matter of fact, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, that's what Ward would tell them when they'd start going on all scientific ease. He'd tell them, would you... Speak English so I understand you. Uh, so that's kind of what Caning was doing there. Okay, so, so she had she had scraped the, you know, the little bead of whatever it was off her shoe and analyzed it. And I said, oh, this part actually, we you and I had surmised last week about what that was. We knew it was the super soldiers, the part of the super soldiers serum. And what did, which part did we say it was? You commented about what color it was. Yeah, I said it was... Um, Green. Right. And what color was the super serum, a super soldier serum that Captain America took? Blue. Okay. So then we knew it last week that that was most likely the first one that went to the Red Skull. Right. Because also the guy, I thought that the guy that, um, yeah. The same sure. guy who created that one also created the Captain correct. America one. Correct. 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 Uh, but he said, so basically that vial that Freddie was delivering is one of the elements of the original super soldier serum. Right. Which is the one that went to Johann Smith. Who is the Red Skull? So, of course, now, knowing that, Daisy is thinking, well, we need to stop him from doing it. He said, hey, we stopped Freddy, we stopped the Red Skull, we stopped Hydra, and, of course, uh, Coulson's telling her that, yeah, you do that, but then you're also stopping S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Because we were, S.H.I.E.L.D. was formed to stop Hydra. And that's not our our job's not to do that. That's what the chronocrons are trying to do. We mm -hmm. don't want to do their job for them. Mm -hmm. But but their um, end game is different. The chronocrons end game. The reason they're trying to stop all this from happening because they don't want their planet to be destroyed. No, they don't care about that. They their planet's destroyed. They want to turn the Earth into Chronica. Well, that's what I meant. No, I meant well, what I mean, I see, that was the original plan. They wanted to go back and prevent their planet from being destroyed. Right. That's no longer the plan. The plan now is just take over take over Earth, Earth, and they can't do that with Shield there. So get rid of Shield, then you have right. free reign to take over Earth. Right. And by doing what Daisy was wanting to do, you're basically doing the job for the Chronicons Forum. Right. Which like I said, and I, you can understand that there's, you know, you're going to save some lives doing that, but you're going to open up a whole other uh, Pandora's box. That you're not ready for. Right. 
Okay, so. Because now you're changing all the timelines. Right, and you don't Everything. know. And you, she, you don't know. No, she originally talked about, okay, hey, we'll go back and face it just like we always do. Well, Jim is saying, well, you're facing the future, you don't even know what it is. Right. So you're going to be hurt. It's for one thing if you already know where you're going back to. Right, but in this case, when you do that, you don't know what you're going back right. to. Okay, so we had talked about the fact that they seem to be sharing a whole lot of information with Kaning. Right. So why do you think that was okay? I think because the, all the Koenigs are so invested into S.H.I.E.L.D. anyway, and this is probably why, because they were held with secrets, or they had to hold secrets since the 1930s, starting with their, is that their grandfather or their father? Uh, no, that's a grandfather. That's would be grandfather because he said so your the, grandchildren. Cause, right, grandchildren. Right. right. So their grandfather was. See, you know, of course, that gets into that whole time loop thing that you and I were discussing before. Is perhaps the only this, reason they got into that is because they came back from the future into the past to kind of steer him in the right direction, which we do almost would think was the case because again, they're not holding back nothing. They're telling, yeah, we're from the future. We're from Shield, and uh, you know, of course. Enoch's sitting there telling him, yeah, your grandkids are going to be interested in this and that. Mm -hmm. so, what the heck? What are you doing telling them all that for? Right. But, of course, like you said, you know, if nothing changes, they're going to end up in that direction anyway. Right. But I still think, it, again, just like it's totally changing the subject, uh, Star Trek episode. Star Trek, I think it was The Voyage Home, where Scotty gives this guy a, the formula for transparent aluminum. And Dr. McCoy saying, hey, aren't you, by giving him this formula, aren't you changing the future? Well, how do we know he didn't invent the thing? That's just the point. You don't know he didn't, the, the, why are you just giving it to him? Same thing here. You don't know exactly if you should have done that or not. Yeah. You're, you're making that assumption. Right. And like I say, at least in their case, they got a lot more background detail knowing about the Koenigs. Right. Well, maybe that's an easier choice. Right. But uh, it still seems kind of reckless with, with time. And actually, they do the same thing with Freddy, a little bit. I mean, they basically told him, that, yeah, you're going to be the uh, father. Gideon Malik's going to uh, cause the death of a whole bunch of people. So why, why are you telling him all of that? Though, like I said, you did help him know what his, the name of his son when he has one, <laughs> which I thought was kind of nice. Uh, but, yeah, I said that they're, they're being kind of willy-nilly with the information they're giving out. And I'm sure maybe they'll explain maybe later why they felt that was okay. I mean, even Enoch. Uh, does it with my? I mean, with, with Koenig again right, at the end. He right. just just giving him, all, giving him all the information. So yeah, whatever. So that's that. Well, like I said, of course, like I said, like in Koenig's case, we actually even in Malik's case, even though they don't like what happens, that it almost has to happen just for Shield to be. I mean, to be formed as far as what Malik does. That's the reason they couldn't really interfere in it. Right. Okay. So. He was talking about Freddy. You know, Mac and Deke are with Freddy, and they keep telling him we're trying to help him. Why do you think it is that he doesn't seem to want their help? Maybe he knows already more than he's letting loose of, because, and I don't know who the chick in the red dress is. And, you know, I don't remember, even though I think if you look it up online, they'll tell you her name. I don't remember them ever mentioning her name so far. Well, where, where does she appear in the comic books? I'm, I'm, not, I'm not familiar. Hmm. Which doesn't mean she's not there. Just but that's why I'm, I'm asking. Familiar. I'm just wondering, is somewhere in Captain America, is she, is she, because this is the, now this is the time that, Just know, before, the, just before all that Captain America thing happens. 
But uh, you know that apparently she's a member of Hydra because she's she's the one who gave him the. And right. that's the other thing. How come she only she had like four vials of serum there? How come she only gave him one? And she maybe, maybe she's, she's got multiple carriers. Yeah, that's what carriers. I, just, I mean, yeah, that's what I was thinking. That maybe she is the, maybe he's the only one that was successful in. Right. And see, and, and that's an, right, and that's another thing. When they, you know, when she gave him one, there was four of them. Mm. She got shot. What happened to the uh, the case with the rest of them? Well, I remember that it fell to the ground, and I thought a bunch of them broke. Oh, well, it's very possible. I mean, I'd have to relook if they broke, but that would explain why. I mean, because otherwise, uh, Jim would have had a much of a bigger sample to work with. Right. Uh, but as you say, because she only gave Freddie the one. I think, right, I think she must have planned on giving it to multiple people to make sure it got through one way or another. That right. way, you split it up four ways, you're more likely to get one delivered. Uh, but, uh, yeah, he did not want... In fact, basically, once Mac and them drove him out and lost the cops, so to his thinking, he said, take the stuff out of the car, you guys go ahead and leave, I'm I'm going out. Right. And, of course, Mac said, no, we need to make sure you deliver right. whatever it is right, you're right, delivering. Right. Right. And, of course, he kept trying to tell Mac that it was just liquor, and Max and he's like, no, I don't believe it. And, so, yeah. and of course, he doesn't want Mac looking through it, and maybe he doesn't want Mac looking through it because he doesn't want to find the 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 the, the um, bottle that he had with the that he stuck the tube in. Yeah, yes. Yeah. But of course, he also right, so, he yeah. also doesn't want whoever he's making delivery to to sit there and think that hey, uh, you've been going through our stuff. Which well, yeah, again, I mean, they, I guess. not that they really cared about the rest of the liquor. They all they, they wanted, wanted was the one, was the one that had, had the vial in but it. But he snatched it up the before he left in the car. Oh, well, of course, that's the reason why he was able to complete right. the delivery. Right. Uh, but uh, I thought it was interesting that he was fighting so hard not to get any help there. Okay, so May. Yeah. So we talked May. about yeah. Was it we talked. It, that, that one was acting strange, uh, and uh, like I said, and almost. There are uh, different scenes where, you know, Enoch was talking to her. And I can swear, as like I said, if you ever watch Star Trek The Next Generation and watch how Data reacts when he's analyzing something, she was doing the same thing. Ah. She was turning her head, kind of tilting her head to the side, thinking about what you're saying before she responds. It was even the same thing when she was fighting. Said so, uh, he would land a blow and she would kind of react to it, think about it a second, and then, of course... And if, even uh, with Enoch's strength, made a better fighter. I mean, even though he downloaded the Hunter... Uh, uh, For, the Hunter um, <laughs> Protocol or the uh, Hunter uh, Program. Right, the Hunter Attack Package or whatever whatever yeah, you okay. call it. Yeah, Attack Package. Right, says... And see, I thought, of course, you said, okay, you know, the Chronicles of Hunter. I thought you were talking about Hunter the Hunter... Who was a good fighter too? Because no, he was talking about just because of the fact that most of the Chronicoms, most yeah. of them were anthropologists, but they only were changed into reclassified into hunters when what? this whole right. Chronicom thing broke down. So uh, yeah, so basically, I don't know if he stuck a disc in or whatever, but he got himself a nice little upgrade to the uh, combat I package. Go, I want to go with the. It wasn't a disc. Uh-huh, it was a floppy. Yeah. It was a three point five inch floppy. Sure, I'm sure it was. I'm gonna go with. So it was high density. It was one point four four. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm showing my geek here. Okay, so. Okay. So anyway, so. You did that with the with the uh, uh, Star Trek comments. So yeah. Well, move on. Well, I mean. It's <laughs> just, Keep it up. So, so anyways, like I said so, and of course I'm not sure if during her surgery, 
if Enoch slipped a little Chronicon software in there. Yeah, it's or... either that or she's just not right because she was dead. For just a little bit. You know, we, we all know how that kind of And maybe you. she got a little drop of, uh, she could have got a little drop of alien, you know, blood in her so that, you know, like uh, Daisy and uh, uh, Coulson had at one point. I don't know. See, because the weird thing is, you know, of course, May has always been able to control her emotions when she's, especially when she's in combat. Well, well I was thinking that she's kind of emotionless, right. pretty much, John well, not general, like, did, but did, not when it comes to Coulson or well, so, to, I mean, not uh, to this extent. I mean, she's basically, because yeah, I mean, she said, I, I don't feel anything. Right. Said, uh, and the, maybe that's what they knocked out of her. Uh, so uh, Here's your feelings. We, we got rid of them. <laughs> So, uh, so we put him in this box over here. Well, see, yeah. and that's another thing. Oh, we put him in Gemma's um box. So, uh, see, Her and that's music box. <laughs> okay, uh, so that's another thing that, uh, you know, when Gemma told Enoch to give her the sedative, she sat there and rammed the needle into his arm because it wasn't going to take it. All right. But Gemma comes back and tells her to give it, and she takes it, lays down, no problem. Said, and I don't know exactly what's Again, going on there. Maybe but, there's uh, a mind. Thing. Well, perhaps she'll kind of uh, level out once she wakes up again. Now that she's back in the the healing pod, but uh, she's certainly acting kind of weird there. Okay, we talked about the fan theories, and we're so. Some fans had suggested that Jimmo was an LMD. I don't see that. Of course, they and now just as you also said, they also suggested. That, you know, because they're. There's an indiscriminate amount of time from the end of season six when Enoch tells him we're going to change your lives, you know, forever. And when she shows up at the cave, they're summarizing that uh, Gemma and Fitz had their child. And this is something you brought up to me last time and obviously blew right over my head. I didn't listen or whatever. I didn't understand it. Hmm. But it certainly would make sense, mainly because we have no way of knowing how much time actually, because even the Enoch was, when she asked him, said that, uh, uh, you know, she had a considerable amount of time to heal you when, you know, when you died briefly. She has how much time? A considerable amount. They're not saying what that is. Right. I'm still assuming within the next 10 episodes, they're going to have to do a recap, recap of and kind of show what, yeah, what happened between then and now. Right, and then I think we're going to learn maybe where your question about where Fitz is. Did they have a baby? Is he with the baby? We're you know what's going. Like I said again, they they must have had the baby or are still going to have the baby at some point because again, unless you know we're talking about branches of time, Deke's still there. And if Deke's still there, that meant his mother would still be there, and his mother came from uh, Jim and Fitz. So. Uh, as far as Gemma being an LMD, though, like I said, I haven't seen any proof of it. Uh, wouldn't I mean? I guess it wouldn't surprise me if it were to happen. I mean, this is Agents of Shield. I guess anything could happen. But at this point, I, like I said I haven't seen anything that would make, tend to make me believe that. Okay, so just like we surmised last on uh, season, I mean episode one, we had read that there was a time element involved in the Zephyr, where eventually we get to the point where we said you had to get back on the Zephyr within a certain amount of time. Right. Okay, so that reared its head in this episode. And, of course, it came up like 20 minutes. 
for the right. Zephyr was going to leave, whether you're on the Zephyr or not. And, of course, they're asking Gemma, said, well, how come you didn't tell us about that? And she's saying, well, because we didn't know what the, you know, when the window was open, how long. The... Still seems like she could have mentioned it. She could have said, hey, we're, this is not a, you know, a finite we, time. amount of time yeah. we have here. We don't know how, what it is, but there's going to reach a point where at some point this thing is going to tell us that we've got only so much time left to get back to the ship before it moves on to the next uh, and tide. I, and I'm guessing at this point, once Gemma was out of the picture, when and this is what I don't get and I don't understand. Once, when did Gemma start jumping in that? Was it? Was, that it, was she? Was she? You know, they must have been because doing... she came to get May from the Shrike. Uh, yes, combat like immediately as so it she, seemed right. Well, and, and immediately because she already was in space somewhere, knew knowing she. And that's the other question I have. It how did she knew it was going to happen? Obviously, and was knew that when she had to show fit, up, right? right <laughs> knew that this was going to happen and was ready with the pod, the pod, and everything to get her frozen and get her. So that they could fix her. My question is, if this thing just jumps around time randomly, why is it? Did okay. it go to her at that time? Oh, yeah, it's a good point because obviously they knew where to show up. Right. But I'm thinking that before then, that they must have had this block of time they were using where they weren't chasing the chronocoms. They weren't. They were basically preparing the ship for be able to make for the, space travel. Right for space travel or time travel. And also preparing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, the, I mean, just doing all the, all the designs that were required. And again, I just said, to me, they're almost going to have to go back and just kind of show you what happened there. So I'm wondering now, now that we're talking about the time par travel portion of this, I'm wondering if maybe the time travel is a little bit like yoga, um, where they kind of snap back to either current time or what's happening like you know where where we're supposed to be in real okay time. so we're talking about right now or we're talking about before because right now apparently they're snapping to they're and again to, i'm assuming they're following they're still following the chronicons wherever they're going but they're on whatever this time ribbon is or right uh whatever but i'm wondering if that's part of this snap this snapping of where they're going so like they've snapped back to 31 okay and now, now it's gone to like fifty, and then they're going to go to sixty. Yes, you know, and and okay, you'll say that the Chronicons and and the had reason completed... probably that they didn't need to be in this area from the time thirty one to probably where they're going to area fifty one, which I think was generally speaking right after. Uh, World War Two started. It was after World War Two, but it was prior to uh, space exploration, and I think that's kind of what pushed space exploration because of things that were happening. Now, whether or not those were Russian uh, spy satellites or whatever that they thought were were, were aliens, or indeed there were aliens, okay. 
But the whole point is, is I think that they're snapping to that part because here now becomes the next thing because the Red Skull was part of World War Two, yep. and that ended in nineteen what forty five. So I just feel like that that's it's sometime in that nineteen forty five to nineteen fifty five range when the first. Oh, so can we assume that you, okay? You so we're, yeah, so dragon. when we're. We're going to, in whatever year it is, you know, 1950, mm-hmm. 55, uh, something is going on there that, again, where they could stop S.H.I.E.L.D. from from happening. Since that's, as far as I know, that's still their goal. The next question is, okay, say that you they had killed Freddy. They achieved their goal. Would they, how would you get back now? I mean, because you were just kind of, Following the next time, are you said, talking about how the how the chronicons or, or any, of, any of them get back to or get back do, to they, your or do they worry about that or do they care about well, that? Well, I, I assume the chronicons do because they want that's what the whole point of. But why did why I mean, but a chronicon that is going to fix this situation, why would they care where they land up in time? They are well, indestructible. They, well, I mean, they obviously care because otherwise they wouldn't have rushed back to the ship to make sure they got back on it or wherever they're. Well, maybe, well that's because they didn't. Mission was not accomplished. Right. Well, see, you know, they yeah. had to get back on the. Like well, I say, well, at some point you should have a mechanism that, okay, we've achieved our goal. Now we don't need to keep jumping around in time. We can go back. And I, again, they haven't discussed that. But then again, she discuss, didn't discuss the timer. So uh, there's there's obviously some data that not been revealed yet. Right. But uh, the the fact of the matter is is that. Again, they're going to have to go back and explain what happened. Well, here's the thing. The first sightings of UFOs were in Roswell, New Mexico, were in 1947. So do you think it was the Chronicoms that they were That's what I feel like. That's what I feel like. Here we go. Which, again, we're kind of self-fulfilling destinies of uh, this is what happened, but this is how it happened because we went back and... Well, now you just filled in the gap, basically. Right. You just filled in what happened. So Very quantum leapy kind of thing. Yeah, but it's still a... a um, it makes the timeline make more sense. Right. So, and it's, it's still a fascinating thing. Okay, so because the timer thing uh, came down to and Enoch was not able to get back to the ship. Yeah. Again, right. Of all the people who couldn't... who you could leave behind. Enoch was the guy you could leave behind. Sure, because he will still be there in 2000. Right, and he will still be there. What chances are when you get land up in Roswell. Right. right, you'll still be there, and you actually already have kind of boots on the Did ground. Did he know where he was going? That was a giant. Uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure if he knows, but uh, I'm pretty sure he would have a way to con- con- contact them wherever they ended up. You know, as long as they don't leave Earth, he's going to be there. Right. So uh, I would assume just because you know we went ahead and stayed there and took a job as a bartender, uh, wherever they go, he's going to be there if they want if they want to reach out or if they need to reach out to him. Uh, oh well, the only person I thought that um, well maybe Gemma has the communicator for him because he gave it to Fitz when he left him um, on the ship when they were at. Yeah, you know, when they left Kitson. Uh, uh, yeah. 
remember he told him here you don't need me yeah. anymore ah if yeah. you if you need me you can get in touch with me did he ever use it we don't know oh. we don't well, know I'm talking about did, I'm talking about he did never used it before that I mean he gave it to him and then that was the end of that okay that's what's what I'm asking yeah I don't, yeah. I don't remember hey hey don't 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 get defended <laughs> I'm not getting defended <laughs> I'm not getting defended or offended for that matter. <laughs> Any of those things. Okay, okay, so, so they left Enoch behind, and of course, he's going to be a bartender for uh, Koenig. And again, he's still spilling his guts to him. Of course, Koenig, that was the two things he said I'm going to hire you, but you have to tell me about that shield outfit because I think I can, I can do some things with them. And of course, he says, Yeah, you will. And then, of course, he says, Then I also want you to tell me everything you know about robots. He said, because mm. I have a fascination about them. He said, yes, or your grandchildren. And, of course, he kind of smiles when he tells about his grandchildren. I think he smiles because he he knows that somewhere there's a woman that won't mind the fact that he's a chauvinist pig and still have children with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's also a different time. Too. Right. And pretty much he's going to find out that all the kids and the canning line are going to look exactly like Patton Oswalt, except for the girl. I, mean, I think she might be an LMD. I don't think she's a real person. Everyone else looks like uh, Patton Oswalt, except for her. Well, she has... And they were part of the L&D program, so, you know. And that's all the reason why she kicked Davis's butt so easily. Maybe so. <laughs> it's also because she was a badass. Could be that, too. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with that. Okay, so let's talk about Daisy. Okay. Uh, of course, Daisy was all about wanting to... By stop, go ahead and stopping Freddy, you were going to stop Hydra and save a whole bunch of lives. You know, and Colson was telling her, no, we can't do that because it's already happened. We can't interfere with it. And she tells Colson, well, no offense, but that's not your call. But yet, when Colson tells her to call Deke, suddenly she's telling him, hey, yeah, go kill Freddy. Well, that wasn't right. her call either. Right. And, of course, Max sitting there wondering, and said, okay, you're pulling a gun on Freddy. We'll put the gun down. He said, no, I was ordered to do it. So, well, who told you to do it? And he said, Daisy ordered me to do it. I got a feeling that somewhere here, maybe this next episode, Max's going to have to pull Daisy aside and say, that wasn't, what are you doing? That's right. not your job. Right. Said, you should never put Deke in that position where you're making him happen to decide whether to kill somebody or not when that's not your call. Right. Uh, okay. So, with that being said, um, now we're at a point where... Uh, Things that are going to happen from this point forward are all pretty much moot because nothing has changed, and nor right, will the, it. Right to this point, right, they basically kept status quo. Right, <clears throat> assuming that uh, where they end up this time, where again they got to do some finagling to keep things status quo. Well, we already know that they're going to Area Fifty One. Right, and that's and that's pretty much where we're at. Okay, so and I'm guessing they're going sometime around 1947. Uh, with, okay, so why do you think 47? 47 is when the, the first uh, sightings at Roswell, New Mexico. Ooh, check out the... I didn't know that. Check out the big brain on Kathy. Ooh. Oh, yeah. I watch a lot of this alien crap on TV. <laughs> and, of course, the, the plus side Ancient is, aliens! It also gives them a chance to rock some new duds. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, not, and not too... Not, uh, just, yeah, well, it must be that. something because uh, the shirt that uh, Mac was wearing looked kind of... Uh, 
60-ish. Very early right. 60, very right. early 60, or late 50. And same thing it's with, really more 50s, I was thinking. Yeah, and same thing with Colson. And there's a picture of Colson and Daisy at a, sitting at a booth where she's wearing these real kind of loud uh, 60s-looking pants. And maybe they jumped to there, too. I, you know, here's the thing. I, I'm only feeling like that they may have got went there during the 40s, only because, or late 40s, or had to been at some point. I mean... We well, see, also find that one uh, another clue to that is they apparently run into Daniel Souza, who was Peggy Carter's partner from the SSR. Oh, and that's the other point that we're trying to make here is that it all is kind of going coinciding with the Red Skull and um, Captain America going down. Yep. And, that, Peggy, and, and that's, Peggy, and that's and all Peggy the 19th, that's all forties. Well, between between 1945 and 1950. Right. Okay. So that's why and I'm I saying believe it was in right after the World War II is when the SSR started. So right, that kind of just flows right in the line. Right. Uh, so can't stop it in 1930. Now you need to come here and try to stop it before for the next for the next, the next the next time. Right. And that's why I thought like that was what the next time was. And say so, and that's kind of where we're at at this point. So we're trying to you know. This is where they're going to end up. We know that the Chronicoms are probably still up to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got May issues to worry about. And we got also, which we haven't discussed a little bit, is Yo-Yo's freezing up when... Uh, she's, yeah. Cause she, and I, I, I don't know if that's like, a mental thing. I, I, I do, too. I, she's got some issues right now that she's just going to have to... Get I think if when push comes to shove, say that like Max and some kind of danger, <laughs> yeah, that might inspire her to kind of you know possibly. get off the get off the stick. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the whole Shrike thing kind of yeah messed with her head a little. Well, and then she lost the boyfriend, and it, it well, that, that, was, that part. I mean, you know, that was bad. But I think she's since then got back with Max, so I don't. I know. realize that, but I mean that's that was a whole. That was a traumatic experience for her. Right. So, but anyway, it's, I think the whole strike thing is kind of, like I, said, I don't think it's a physical thing. I think it's more a mental thing. Yeah. And I could be wrong, but there is still that storyline to kind of play out. Right. Uh, so anyway, so Plus that's... Plus they had in a really bad outfit in that timeline. So. <laughs> okay, I didn't see that was a big problem with what she was wearing. But yeah, I, I, I mean, again, I'm not a fashionista, so... I, I, w- I would have not... Um, I don't know. I just wouldn't have... That's not what I would have had her wearing. What would you have had her wearing? I... Not that. That's all you know. That's right. Okay. So anyway, so that's basically episode two of Agents of Shield. If I was her, I would have protested. I was like, I ain't wearing this dumb outfit. (laughs) Uh, I realize it's of the time, but it's not the one I wanted to wear. Okay, go ahead. Okay. But you know, the smart thing was, no, just forget it. I didn't like it. Let's move on. Okay. So anyway, so that was episode two. We got episode three coming this coming Wednesday. And then we'll find out a little more about what's going on. Like I said, maybe we'll actually get a glimpse of Fitz. Uh, they're probably saving that toward like the middle, you know, like when they make the swing. Uh, I don't know. If I was if I was him, I'd say, this last season, get me in some of these damn shots. They say, Am I getting paid still even though I'm it's not like, in these good. things? <laughs> okay, so anyway, so that's, uh, like I said, that's Agents of Sealed Episode 2. And we'll uh, come back again for Episode 3. I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And this is Martin and Kathy's Coffee Bench. Bye. Bye. No, wait, wait, wait. Wait a minute. Let's wait. do that again. All right, sorry. This is Kathy and Martin's Coffee Bench. <laughs> no. What? No, this is Martin and Kathy's Coffee, Coffee Bench. Bench.
What are you wanting to do? I want to say... I'm Martin. And I'm Kathy. And we'll see you again at another Martin and Kathy's Coffee Binge. Bye! Bye. That's so much different than what we did before. <laughs>